It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. My name is Cassie Wienis. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. I work for Nutritional Weight and Wellness, the company that's sponsoring this program. As many of you know, each week on this program, we bring you up-to-date research and information on how eating real food in balance can change your life. And now for the longtime listeners, you're probably expecting me to give my usual shout-out to my two biggest fans next, but... This is the first time in my history of being on Dishing Up Nutrition that I can't do that. My nine-year-old is not at home. She's, let's see, 8.05. She's been playing basketball for five minutes now. She had an 8 o'clock game. And I'm going to tell you in just a minute why I can't give a shout-out to my other biggest fan, but it wouldn't be right if I didn't say hi to somebody. So I'm going to say hi to Pat. I didn't get the okay to shout out to her on the radio, so I'm not going to use her last name, but I saw Pat on Wednesday. She knows who she is. I spoke on Wednesday um, in St. Paul. I taught nutritional solutions for everyday health problems. Have you taught that one, Teresa? No, I haven't. Sounds good. It's That's such a great, I mean, it's a lot of information packed into one hour, but it's just, you know, it hits everybody because you're talking about several different everyday health problems. So it was a great class. Lots of people had questions, so I know they were listening, but it was Pat that lined up that class. She is such a great cheerleader for nutritional weight and wellness and living the nutritional weight and wellness way. So I thought today I'm going to say a big hello to my friend Pat. And the reason why I'm not going to give a shout out to Riley, my middle schooler, is because he's sitting right next to me here in studio this morning. So I'm just going to hand the mic over to him and see if he wants to say something. Hi, everyone. You guys are in for a great show with Riley here on with us, and I have one of my colleagues on I'm going to introduce in just a minute. We have a very informative show planned. Our topic this morning is centered around food allergies, and we have my son Riley as our special guest because Riley has a couple of pretty serious food allergies that he does a great job managing, and so he's going to help walk us through a day in the life of a middle schooler with multiple food allergies. We're going to be talking about staying safe and advocating for yourself at school, at sleepovers, when you're traveling with your basketball team or your soccer team. And if we get time, I have some other things I want to talk about, too, related to this topic. But boy, this hour always goes so fast. So we'll see. And we really want our mantra this morning to be how to set yourself up for success. How to set yourself up for success when you're living with a food allergy. And not only do I have my middle schooler here today to help, but I also have a colleague of mine, Teresa Wagner is a registered and licensed dietitian. She sees clients for nutritional weight and wellness at our St. Paul office. And Teresa really has a handle on feeding kids in a way that sets them up for success, probably because Teresa is the mom of three healthy, energetic kids herself. So with that, welcome, Teresa. Well, thanks, Cassie. And hi to everybody out there. Good morning. I'm really excited to be here today to help our listeners out. There who have kids, nieces, nephews, grandkids, or simply friends with food allergies. This show is going to bring them a lot of practical tips, and I'm betting we will have a lot of great questioners from callers today, too. 
especially considering a study released a couple of years ago by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention showing that food allergies among kids increased by about 50% from 1997 to the year 2011. 50%. That's crazy. That's that's. That's a lot. But, you know, we know it just by the clientele that we see Mm -hmm. in clinical practice, too, don't we? We're getting more and more clients coming to us for help managing their child's food allergies. But the good news here is that today we have our fifth grade expert on food allergies in the house to provide some guidance. So I think we should start by picking his brain about how he avoids the two foods he's allergic to, which are gluten and dairy, during a typical school day. Well, before we start, Mom, shouldn't we tell the listeners what gluten is and what dairy is? Oh, good point. You know, we've lived with these allergies for so long. Sometimes I take it for granted that everybody should know what gluten and dairy are, but I don't think everybody does. So for those listeners that are not familiar, gluten is the protein found in wheat, barley, rye, and most oats. So if you're in your kitchen right now and you can open up a cupboard or look in your bread drawer, you're going to probably find a lot of gluten because any of those regular breads are made with wheat flour. Crackers are usually made with wheat flour. Pasta is made with a type of wheat flour. So gluten lurks in a lot of places. Dairy, I think the best way to describe that in a nutshell is anything that comes from a cow. And for most people, I know that's the way it is for our family anyway, when you have an allergy or a sensitivity to dairy, the things that are going to be most troublesome are the things highest in protein. So for us, it's the ice cream, the yogurt, the cow's milk, and the cheese. Those would be the things higher in protein, and those are the things that we avoid. All right. And being a mom, I see the school lunch calendars every month. My kids actually almost daily, they ask, what's for lunch today? And it's pretty much wheat of some kind, whether it's a hamburger bun or the pizza crust. And then there's cheese in some form most days as well. Like the cheesy breadsticks that right, were on right. yesterday's <laughs> menu. Cheese and wheat right there. Right, right. Italian dunkers is my kid's <laughs> favorite. Uh. Oh, man. Anyway, so how do you even attempt to make a gluten-free or dairy-free offering when the meal plans are so full of the things that Riley is allergic to? Well, my mom always meets with the head cook at my school before school starts in the fall. And we've had the same cook, so she's gotten used to it. The cook shows my mom the menus and also lets her look through the book of all the food labels. Yes, I'm glad that our cook has stayed all those years. There was a little talk of her retiring last year, and I had a little bit of fear because... She's been wonderful, and and we've worked together, and we kind of got our routine down. And like Riley said, she shows me the menus. She shows me her big, thick book of food labels, and that's always the first step every year is to go in before school starts and look through those things. Honestly, our rule from the start has been that I will try to get one hot lunch meal a week that can be made gluten and dairy-free. I really don't want to strive for any more than that because school lunches are not nearly as healthy and as wholesome as what I can make at home and send in their lunchbox. So our goal has always been one hot lunch a week. And from my perspective, this is just for the psychological health of my kids so that they can feel quote-unquote normal when it comes to lunchtime at school at least once a week. Well, some of the school lunches that mom has been able to teach the cooks how to make gluten and dairy-free are the hamburger with small fries and a fresh fruit, which is probably my favorite, and the deli turkey sandwich with garden peas and chilled peaches. Wait a minute. Wouldn't there be gluten in those buns? Well, before I say what I'm going to say, let me keep my job and explain. I don't buy gluten-free hamburger buns at our house, do I, Riley? Nope. 
all of that rice flour that those buns are made with turns to way too much sugar. But again, thinking of that psychological aspect of feeling the same as those around you, I did ask our head cooks if they could get in the Udi's gluten-free hamburger buns. And you know what? They didn't even bat an eye. They said, absolutely. I just can't even say enough wonderful things about how great our school food service staff has been to work with. They really have went above and beyond. So like on hamburger days, the cook changes her gloves to avoid cross-contamination before she goes to get my gluten-free bun, and she leaves off the cheese. It's always just a plain hamburger. Right, and she always puts the hamburger, or if it's deli sandwich day, the deli turkey sandwich, in a little plastic container with a lid to make sure it doesn't get touched by gluten on its way from the kitchen out to the dining area. And these are all procedures that we talked through and put into place the summer before Riley started first grade. You know, back when he was in kindergarten, it was still half-day kindergarten in Minnesota, so we didn't have to worry about hot lunch. It started with first grade, and I will say it was a bit of an uphill learning curve for the cooks that summer because they had never had someone with a severe gluten allergy like Riley before. But they were so eager to learn and to do whatever I suggested, and they've really done a stellar job keeping both Riley and his sister Marissa safe. So it sounds like you've made the kitchen and the dining area at school a safe place for your kids. But I would imagine the classroom gets a little messy at snack time. How does snacking in the classroom get handled at Riley School? Well, since I'm in middle school this year, we don't get a snack time. Yeah, middle school is a little bit of a different world. But I think, Teresa, you bring up a good point, and I think we should talk a little bit about snack time in those younger grades because I bet some of our parents listening out there are dealing with this. And the first teacher that comes to mind is Riley's second grade teacher when I think of snack time. Was it second or first grade? It was first grade. First grade because... She just handled it so well. I remember walking in to volunteer one of those first days of school that year and seeing her set up for snack time, and I almost wanted to cry because her heart was in the right place looking out for Riley. Do you remember how Mrs. Peters did that? I do. She always encouraged us to bring a fresh fruit or vegetable for snack time, and those are gluten-free. But if you did bring a snack with gluten in it, then she had you sit at her little table in the back of the room. That way, all of the gluten crumbs stayed in one area that Miss Peters could easily clean up right after snack. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, usually when you're the, the allergy kid... You get separated. Right. Yeah, You're the you... one that's different. Mm-hmm. She took the kids that were bringing gluten, and they were the ones that had to sit separate. Plus, it did keep every you know gluten crumb in one little area, so she could easily clean it up. Yeah, that's really nice. It's nice not to be separated. You know, you already have something that kind of separates you from the group, and right. to have it another thing that does, it's just nice that, that that's how it worked out. But I bet one thing that sometimes we forget about, too, is that um, it's really important to wash your hands. So I bet she had the class wash their hands after snacks. Yeah, she did. We all had to wash our hands to make sure anyone that ate a gluten snack wasn't spreading those crumbs onto desks or books throughout the classroom. You know what? Commercial is going to start running soon, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yep. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Our topic today is all about how to help your child manage their food allergies when they're at school, when they're at sleepovers, and when they're living life. And we are going to delve back into this topic on the other side of the break. We also have some great classes coming up for kids and adults alike, and they are offered by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And we'll be giving you the details on these classes as soon as we're back from commercial. If you have questions for Riley, Cassie, or me this morning, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071, and we'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, this show is being brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. My name is Cassie Wienis. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. And before break, we mentioned that we had some classes to tell you about. The first class I want to mention sort of relates to today's topic because it's centered around kids. It's a two-hour class titled Foods to Build Happy Focused Kids. This class is coming up Thursday, October 27th at the Fairview Community Center in Roseville. And it's also being taught the 27th of this month at the Hudson Counseling Services Building in Hudson, Wisconsin. This is one of my absolute favorite classes to teach. Have you taught this one yet? No, but I am teaching that class coming up yeah, on the 27th. Oh my goodness. Yay. So listeners, you'll have a great teacher and one that certainly, you know, lives it, right? Because you have three young children. Wonderful. Both of these classes are being offered in the evening. One starts at six, one at 630. I'm going to give you a a little information on how you can learn more or how you can sign up in just a minute. But first, the other class I want to mention is actually a series of six classes called our Weight and Wellness Series. We have several locations throughout the Minneapolis-St. Paul area where this series is starting up this coming week. The best part is we're running a sale. Don't we all love a sale? Yes. And if you sign up by the end of our workday today, so our workday at the office is 5 p.m. this Saturday. If you sign up by 5 today, you get $50 off the cost of this series. So quite a nice little savings. But again, you have to sign up by the end of the day today by 5 p.m. Saturday, October 15th. This class series helps you to establish an eating plan that helps increase your energy. It'll help boost your moods, help decrease your achy joints, and a whole lot more. So if you want to sign up for this series or if you want to learn more or sign up for the the class I talked about called Foods to Build Happy Focused Kids, you can either go to our website at weightandwellness.com or you can call the girls at the office this morning at 651-699-3438. And Cassie, let's not forget that the Nutrition for Weight Loss class series is starting up at several locations here in the Minneapolis area in just one week, starting October 24th. The Nutrition for Weight Loss series is our most popular series, and it really is life-changing 12 weeks of classes. So if you want to, for once and for all, shed that unwanted weight and take the guesswork out of what you should and shouldn't be eating, this class series is for you. Again, to learn more, to sign up, go to weightandwellness.com or call the St. Paul office at 651-699-3438. Yeah, you're given the studio That's number, right. but they can't really sign nope, you up for class. But we can take your questions. <laughs> but, you know, I'm really glad you mentioned that series, Teresa, the Nutrition for Weight Loss, because to me, this is always like the perfect time in my mind that people should sign up for that series because it'll let you get a handle on your weight before the, before holidays, the holidays start. Because yes. otherwise, mm-hmm. we all know, right? Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, it can really go downhill. Yeah, it's so, just one continuous eating extravaganza it can be be, but get a handle on it now think about signing up for that nutrition for weight loss series speaking of it all starting with halloween and going downhill yes maybe we should talk about that a little bit um halloween's almost here and that you know presents its own problems when you have children with food allergies that would be well yeah so yeah uh Sorry, that would be a great topic. The food allergies, the gluten allergies. And how do you handle that when we're coming up to Halloween and trick-or-treating? Do you want to take that question, Riley? I can. Every year, Mom prints out a new updated list of which Halloween candies are gluten-free and which are not. So when my sister and I get home from trick-or-treating, we lay out all of our candy from Halloween and make a pile of what we can and what we can't eat. 
And I imagine you have to get a new and up-to-date gluten-free candy list every year because those candy manufacturers can change their ingredient list at any time. So what was safe in last year's Halloween stash isn't necessarily safe in this year's Halloween stash. Exactly. And also, just a little public service announcement here in case you didn't realize this, and I know most people know this, but you can't always believe everything you read on the internet. So, what? Right? So <laughs> if you just Google Halloween gluten-free candy, you can get some lists that are just way off. And you can get some really great lists. There's one particular ladies gluten-free Halloween list that I look for every year and I reprint it because like you said, Teresa, sometimes there are little changes. This lady, I've read a lot of articles by her. She's always spot on. And I actually researched her background a little bit. Her name is Jane Anderson. She's a longtime medical journalist. And she herself was diagnosed with celiac disease, which is the same severe gluten allergy that Riley has. She was diagnosed back in 2003. And she just always has really well-researched articles. And and like I said, her gluten-free candy list is one that you can trust. And Riley, do you want to tell the listeners what we do with those big piles of candy that are made with gluten that you and your sister bring home but can't eat? Sure. There's a dentist's office just 10 or 15 minutes from our house that will ship Halloween candy to the soldiers serving overseas. And the best part is the dentist's office gives you $1 for every pound of candy you bring in. And mom, you might want to tell them the list of the website or the name of the website. That you can find that list on? Oh, yes. If you, if anybody's interested, because it's not just that dentist's office that's near us. Um, if you Google Halloween candy buyback program, you can find a dentist's office or an orthodontist's office in your area that does this program, too. Yeah, and that's a really nice deal. Um, the soldiers get a sweet treat, and the kids here make a little cash and avoid some cavities. Yes, it's good all around. You know, one more thing regarding school and staying gluten-free that I just thought of is a scenario that we really kind of flubbed up on last year. So I'm thinking if Riley and I can tell you about our mistake, my hope is we can help someone listening avoid this little pitfall that we ran into in fourth grade science class. Is this ringing a bell, Riley? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was the most fun unit in science we had all year, and it ended up that I couldn't take part in it. Yeah, it was a bit of a bummer. What happened was last year for their science unit on rocks, one of the parents volunteered to make what they called a mock rock, or in other words, a fake rock. So this parent made these mock rocks, one for every student, and then the students broke their rocks apart and each day during science observed and dissected the fake rocks to look at what all the components are that that make up a rock. But during the second day of dissecting our rocks, my teacher was reading through the recipe telling how these mock rocks were made, and she realized one of the ingredients was wheat flour. And that's when my phone started ringing. And, you know, I could have gotten upset, but honestly, as soon as I heard Riley's fourth grade teacher on the phone explain to me what had happened, I felt so bad for her. Yeah. Because this fourth grade teacher, if you knew her, she has the biggest heart ever, and she wanted so much to just keep Riley safe his fourth grade year, and then this happened. So, you know, all we could do was say, okay, what do we do from here? So we sent Riley down to the nurse's office. We had him clean up and make sure he was feeling okay. And in the meantime, the kids back in the classroom wiped down the desks to get rid of any wheat flour. And then from that day forward, when they were going to bring out their mock rocks to dissect and look at, Riley went to a computer and his fourth grade teacher found a program that he could do on the computer that allowed him to dissect a rock on the screen and look at the different components. 
And then the kids would do their fake rocks and always, again, clean up with wet wipes or disinfecting wipes afterwards to remove any wheat flour. So we did the best we could going forward. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, I bet when your younger sister gets into fourth grade, your mom will remember to tell the teacher no fake rocks for science class. You are absolutely right (laughs) on that one. And I mean, that brings up a really good point, Teresa, that we're going to make mistakes. We're all human. We're all going to stumble once in a while, especially when we're following a strict food allergy type of diet. But the important thing is that we learn from that mistake and then don't let it happen again. All right. Well, how about we get out of the classroom and move into something a little more fun like playdates and sleepovers? Good idea. You know, one thing that I know has helped set both Riley and Marissa up for success when they're hanging out with their friends and I'm not around is that ever since preschool, I've been going into their classroom every year to talk about food allergies. And during that little 15 minute talk that the teachers have really always been happy to allow me to do. I mentioned that my child has food allergies, and then I also give the teacher a list of gluten-free and dairy-free snacks and treats that she can send home with the kids. So at the end of my talk, the teacher gets this list. She makes copies. She usually types up a little note from herself saying there's a child in the classroom with allergies, but these are some safe foods they can have. And then that list goes home with every child. And this has ended up serving two purposes, really. First, if a child has a birthday and wants to bring treats to share with the class, they'll often bring something from the allergy-friendly list so that Riley can have the treat, too. But it's also been helpful if one of Riley's classmates has him over to play after school. This is a great reference for the mom of his classmate. It gives her ideas of what she can have on hand that Riley would be able to eat. And a lot of the times, Mom, you just send me with my own snack. That way I know I have something I like, and I know it's for sure 100% gluten-free. True. We do often just put your own snack together. And for listeners, if they want an easy snack idea, one that Riley really likes is just an apple and sun butter. And he likes his apple cut. He doesn't like to eat it whole. So if you want a little tip on how to keep it from browning, I cut it into quarters and, of course, take the seeds out, and then I fit it back together like a puzzle. Yeah. You know, wrap it up in saran wrap. It does brown a little bit, but yeah. not like it would if you just sliced it and put it in, you know, a Tupperware dish or something. So I do that, and then I buy those little to-go packets of sun butter, and I can just throw that in with his apple so he has some healthy fat to balance out that blood sugar. I cannot believe we need to go to this second commercial break already. What if we did a show without commercials? Oh, Would that be yeah. fun? <laughs> we, we'd certainly have enough to talk about. It's time for our second break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And today, if you're just joining us, we're talking about navigating life successfully when you're a kid with food allergies. Now, if you suspect you or your child has one or more food allergies or sensitivities, and you'd like to talk to a licensed nutritionist or a registered dietitian well-versed in this area, we have a lot of different office locations to choose from. You can go Go to our website at weightandwellness.com to find out where those are. And if you live out of town, out of state, even out of the country, no worries. We can still offer you a nutrition consult either by phone or by Skype. And if you'd like to learn more or if you'd like to schedule an appointment, you can call our office this morning at 651-699-3438. If you have questions for Teresa or Riley or I today, you can call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. And stay with us because when we get back from break, we're going to talk about a really important vitamin that nearly all of the listeners should be supplementing with, especially if you have a food allergy. We'll be right back. There are some things we wish for you to do what everyone else can do. 
Hop in your car, go to work, slip right into a movie seat. Now there's a perk. Buy cute jeans right off the rack. Dance at the next wedding to Love Shack. Play tag with your kids and hear them say, "That was the most awesomest day." Walk your dog, jog, or both, just 'cause you can. Comfortably fly coach all the way to Japan. Be there on graduation day, especially if it's yours and you got your MBA. Meet your greatest love and ride off into the sun. This is your life. Go live it. You've only got one. If you think you've tried everything to lose the weight that's keeping you from your best life, think again. Learn the new science of weight loss in the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on site or online. You can do this. We'll help you. You're not alone. This is a promise, not just a poem. Join us at weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Out Nutrition. If you're just joining us, my name is Riley. I'm here this morning with my mom. Cassie, who is a registered dietitian, and with her coworker Teresa, who is also a registered dietitian, we're talking about food allergies. And if you have a question for us, you can call us here at six five one six four one one zero seven one. Now, before we went, oh, got to turn the microphone on. Now, before we went to break, Cassie said that there is a vitamin that almost everyone in America should be supplementing with, especially if you have a food allergy or two. I take this vitamin. I give this vitamin to my kids. I know Cassie and her kids supplement with this vitamin as well. We are talking about vitamin D. Vitamin D. So why are we saying that so many people would benefit from taking vitamin D? Well, many of the experts, including Dr. Michael Hollick, which some of you longtime listeners have heard us talk about before, Dr. Dr. Michael Hollick is a big advocate of supplementing with D. He's often referred to as the pioneer of vitamin D research. He has a great book out there if you're interested in reading it, called "The Vitamin D Solution." Michael Hollick and many other experts in this area of vitamin D are saying. That vitamin D deficiency is a growing problem, not just here in America but worldwide. And as it relates to today's topic, there's some compelling research from the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology that was published back in 2011, showing that children and adolescents with low blood levels of vitamin D have an increased risk of having allergies compared to their counterparts with higher vitamin D levels. And in particular. In preparing for today's show, I came across some research that was published in 2013 in that same journal you just mentioned, showing that babies with low vitamin D levels were more likely to have an egg or peanut allergy, and were more likely to have multiple allergies compared to babies with normal vitamin D levels. I mean, that's some strong stuff. Yeah, both of these studies,、mm-hmm. and it's so easy to take a vitamin D supplement. Why wouldn't you if you need it? And we should point out that while some doctors are still saying that anything above thirty is a normal blood level of vitamin D, we are big advocates of getting your vitamin D up to somewhere between fifty and eighty for your best state of health, and certainly to help prevent more food allergies from developing. And if you don't know your blood level of vitamin D, please ask your doctor to run one. It's a simple and affordable blood draw that any lab can do. And if you find that you do need to supplement, I just want to share the one that we take because I love it. All of us in the family can take it easily, so I don't have to have all these different types of pills in my cupboard. We do the drops from Ortho Molecular,、mm-hmm. and I think on the front it just says vitamin D with K. It has some vitamin K in there as well. That's good for bone health. 
but not all of my kids can swallow pills. So I wanted a liquid. And then I thought, well, why don't I just take the liquid too? So I love that one. Yep. My kids take the droppers as well. Nice. So let's see. Oh, we had a caller, didn't we, that didn't want to go on air. And she was asking, I believe, help me if I get, let me know if I get this right, Teresa. She was asking, what's the difference between cow's milk and goat's milk? Um, I'm assuming maybe she had an allergy to cow's milk and is wondering if she can use goat's milk or something like that. So the difference from what I know is that the protein in each of them is very much the same in structure, but in a goat, it's a much smaller molecule, right? Because a goat, think of the size of a goat versus the size of a cow. And that's why a lot of times people with a dairy sensitivity or a dairy allergy can do a little bit of goat's milk, but they're probably still getting a negative reaction because the protein looks the same to their body, but it's a smaller negative reaction because the protein molecule is smaller. So sometimes, you know, if people, let's say, get a stuffed up nose and itchy eyes when they drink cow's milk, for example, one of the many things that could happen. If you drink a glass of goat's milk, you might feel like, oh my gosh, I feel fine, this works. But if you drank it enough days in a row, you probably would um, eventually have that same negative reaction. So I would say if you're feeling like you can do some of the goat's milk and goat's cheese, even though you're allergic to cow's milk, still don't do it every day. It's better on, you know, I don't know, a couple times a month type of a schedule. Yeah. And speaking of other food allergies, we have Carol on the line who has a question. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? Good. I have an oral allergic allergy, so I'm allergic to apples, uh, pears, cherries, almonds, and that kind of thing. And I also have a gluten sensitivity. So what kind of snacks can one like me um, eat? I mean, I love the idea of eating raw apples. I just love them, but the reaction is just not a good thing. So what other snacks that are gluten-free and maybe um, free of other allergic reactions that I have that I could take with the gluten sensitivity? Would you like to just hang up and listen? Because that's kind of where we were going to go next, and we'll give you some, some great ideas. You can grab a pen and jot them down. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. That's a great question. Um, and I think we were talking, you had one you wanted to share, and I think it avoids all these foods that she just mentioned. I think it does. Yeah. Another great practical snack idea, something that you can take on the run is, and it's friendly for kids with food allergies as well, is take two or three slices of nitrate-free deli meat and spread each one with a little full-fat mayo or maybe some avocado or guacamole. Roll them up so you have two or three deli meat roll-ups. And then you can pack them into, you know, either a container or one of those snack size um, Ziploc baggies. And then on the side, just have some grapes or something that you don't have. So if you have that oral allergy to grapes, then just something that on the side that's maybe a carbohydrate that you can tolerate okay, um, that's a carbohydrate. And then you have a perfectly balanced snack of protein from the deli meat, carbohydrate from, you know, the fruit, and then a healthy fat from either the mayo, the mayo or the avocado. One that I'm thinking of that I like, we could probably do a whole show just right, on, on yeah, allergy-friendly snack ideas, but... Um, I like, Riley's going to turn up his nose at this, but last night I made Dar's wild rice meatball recipe. Yeah. Which I love. And I chop up red onion and put it in mine and and Ah. fresh garlic. And it just even adds that much more pizzazz. 
So just to grab one or two of those, you can eat them cold or warm for a snack. I think sometimes people don't think of those types of things for a snack, but mm-hmm. it works. If you had that, that would be your protein. And then if I have leftover sweet potato or even better yet, if you go to our website, weightandwellness.com, the sweet potato wedges recipe, I love those cold. So I yeah. might make them for a meal and eat them warm, but then when I need a quick snack, I might just pull them out and eat them cold. They're seasoned with garlic and rosemary, salt and pepper. Delicious. So that's your carbohydrate. And then a few olives. You know, I know that lady said she can't do almonds. If you could do almonds, that could be your healthy fat. But olives could be your healthy fat yeah. with that scenario as well. And olives come in those handy to go containers as well. I mean, you certainly could pack up and make your own to go containers. So you don't have to throw away. You know, lots of containers, but, you know, there is that olives to go brand too. That is one of the things that I just kind of throw in the bottom of my purse that for an emergencies, it's just there and perfect. And you have it. such a healthy fat. And I'm going to give one more while I'm thinking of it, um, a protein shake. And there too, if you go to our website, it gives that recipe, but I'm just trying to make it to avoid. I don't know if she said she was allergic to dairy, but um, she didn't mention it. So you could do the, the cow's milk yogurt some protein powder. There's so many good ones out there. And then a fruit that you aren't allergic to, you throw that in for your carbohydrate and a little coconut milk from the can for some added fat. Mm -hmm. Four things in your blender for a minute or two. And that can be a really delicious, easy snack too. Right. And even if you do, that snack can work for somebody with a dairy allergy as well, because you could just use the coconut milk. That's what we do as our base. We use coconut Mm -hmm. milk as our base and we use the paleo protein powder. Oh, sure. Without the whey. Without the whey, because Mm -hmm. we can't do the whey because it is dairy. So, okay. Well, let's see. We were talking about, I don't even remember where we were. We were kind of on the snacks. We were kind of on snacks and play dates and, yeah. you know, honestly, I'd have to say, thinking of play dates, we've been gluten and dairy free, what, Riley, for about seven years. You wouldn't even remember probably when we first started. So it's really just become our way of life. And I'd have to say play dates are getting pretty darn easy. And Riley's old enough now to remember to wash his hands before and after he eats if he's at somebody's house. So he avoids cross-contamination. So I really feel like Riley and I have achieved setting him up for success in this area of hanging out with his friends. But sleepovers. Sleepovers get a little trickier because oftentimes there's a meal or two involved. So I don't know. What do you think, Riley? Should we talk about sleepovers? Or do you think maybe we should go to commercial and handle sleepovers when we come back? Let's do that. We'll come back to you, Riley, talking about sleepovers. All right. Well, it's time for our final commercial break. Just a reminder that this show is being brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm in studio today with Cassie and her 10-year-old son, Riley, and we're talking all things food allergies. And do stay with us because when we come back, Riley is going to share with us three things that kids with food allergies wish that you knew. And if you have any questions, call us in studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Riley. If you're just joining us, I'm Cassie's son, and I'm here today because I have food allergies. And that's what this show is all about. And now I want to share my top three things that I think most kids with food allergies wish everyone knew. 
One, we like to be included. I remember one time one of the soccer moms surprised me by buying me a gluten-free cupcake so I could celebrate with my teammates who got cupcakes after our last soccer game of the year. That made me really happy. Two, <clears throat> we get less comfort comfortable when we're surrounded by the foods that could make us sick. So that's really good is to keep your... Well, it's really good to keep your hands and your crumbs to yourself when you're eating, and it always makes me feel safer when those around me wash their hands right after they're done eating, something I'm allergic to. And three, I'm watching you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Luckily, I've always had a keen sense of number three, Riley, and honestly, knowing that you're watching me has helped me to sort of buck up and have a can-do attitude, even when sometimes I'd much rather say, this is too hard. I mean, let's face it, living with the challenges and the extra work that comes along with having allergies or having kids with food allergies is not always easy. But as parents, we have to be role models in teaching our kids how to safely navigate their world. Because I guarantee you, your young kids are learning how to manage their food allergies from you. That's so true. And it's so important that parents have a we can do this attitude because you know what? You can do it. And having food allergies is hard at times, but it's not the end of the world. And it's important to show your child with allergies that he or she can still do and experience everything that life has to offer. And there is a lot, isn't there, Riley? Right. He is a busy, athletic, smart kid. So, oh, we were going to talk about sleepovers. Gee, which sleepover? Riley, he won't like me saying this because he's very humble, but he's very uh -huh. popular. And so... He I would does, imagine he would be. Yeah, he does get invited to things. Which sleepover do you think we should use probably as an example? At, probably the soccer sleepover. Yeah, that one went so well. And I'm so glad I was not that mom. She invited all 10 oh my soccer goodness. boys to <laughs> her house this Bless summer. Her. Bless her heart for a sleepover. And they had a blast. And it worked great, I think, for a couple of different reasons. First of all, this mom is just a big sweetheart. And she's always wanting everybody to feel included and have a great time. But also, she sent out the invite a couple of weeks in advance, well, which I love, right? That gives me time. So as soon as we got the invite, which again was a couple of weeks before the sleepover, I called her and um, I asked her, first I asked her what she was thinking of having for the dinner meal. And then I wanted to talk to her about bedtime snacks too. But Talking through the dinner meal, of course, she wanted something kid-friendly. She wanted, hopefully, something that kids could sort of serve up themselves. And then I was trying to work with her to see if we could make it gluten-free. And she was so willing to do that. And we decided on a taco bar. And oh, that worked great. Perfect. Yeah, and it, and it was pretty darn healthy. So, from, yeah. you know, from the nutritionist yeah. standpoint, it was good, too. <laughs> so she chopped up a bunch of vegetables, onions, tomatoes, those types of things. I told her... Um, what brand of corn shells are certified gluten-free for the tacos. We just stayed away from the wheat flour tacos altogether. And she was so willing to do that. Let's see. Oh, the salsa. I told her the brands of salsa that I know that are certified gluten-free. So she bought those. And then I offered to do the taco meat. Oh, that's good. Right? Because you know. then it's at my house. Then I know my pans are gluten-free. I know all my spices I have are gluten-free. And she was willing to let me do that because it took of a little course. bit off of her plate. <laughs> so it worked really well. And I made that taco meat and then threw it in my crock pot and brought it over to keep it warm. Oh, and then she also, because I'm a dietitian, I have to get this in. She also had a fresh fruit bowl and a fresh tray of vegetables. So it really was a healthy spread and yet a kid-friendly, gluten-free spread. 
What about bedtime snacks? Were there any bedtime snacks? Yeah, that's uh, so the bedtime snack thing. She was telling me while we're talking on the phone, she said what she wanted to do was ask each of the moms of these 10 boys to send a bedtime snack along that they could share. And right away where my mind starts going, you can imagine like Mm -hmm. it gets a little crazy in my mind. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, like crumbs and pretzels and gluten everywhere. And then I quickly calmed myself down and I thought, okay, Riley's 10. He's very responsible. He's not going to eat food that has gluten in it. And if it gets on him, he's going to wash his hands. So calm down, Cassie. But right (laughs) as I was calming myself down, this mom said, what do you say you and I work together, Cassie, and come up with a gluten-free bedtime snack list that I can email out to the moms and ask them to choose from this list? Wow. It sounds like you surround yourself with some really good people. You know what? (laughs) I don't do it intentionally, but for as hard as this lifestyle can be at times, and you know, when we were first diagnosed, how many tears came, it has introduced us to so many wonderful people and really opened my eyes to know that there are a lot of great people out there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, she's really cool. and, And so that worked. Now I do have to tell this part on your friends, Riley. Some of the things that showed up, while they were all gluten-free, some of the things were not exactly on my list. There were a few huge bags of candy that showed up as a bedtime snack. They had the certified gluten-free stamp on them. You know, I know. So I'm like, okay, I'll take that. I will take that because I know he'll be safe. And then I sent along, I made um, fruit kebabs. I took those wooden skewers and I put grapes and strawberries on them and I sent those for Riley and to share. And I think you had some of those, didn't you, Riley? Yeah. I had a couple of fruit kebabs mom sent for a bedtime snack and just a little bit of candy. Because I know if I eat too much sugar right before bed, I'll get reflux and I'll get a high blood sugar and that does not feel good. You know, that's great that you've made that connection, Riley. And it helps you to make, motivate you to make healthier choices. You know, I'm still trying to help some of my adult clients make this connection. (laughs) I've had some of those clients. All right. You know, we still have a couple more topics that we told listeners we'd cover. Let's try to get to some of those before the hour gets away from us. You know, maybe we should talk about how do we navigate a basketball tournament? You know, when we're going to be gone all day or or maybe it's a, a soccer game and we're going to be out of town. You know, truly, if your child has food allergies and other gluten, like other than gluten and dairy, this is still helpful information because the basic protocol we're suggesting you follow is the same. So don't turn the dial if your allergies are different from Riley's. This is still really useful information for you. If we're going to talk about basketball tournaments next, I can tell you what works well for us to pack all of our food for the day. Plus, that way I'll know I'll have healthy food to eat in between games, and I know that's going to help me play a lot of better than the greasy pizza that looks really disgusting and the pot being sold at the concession stand. Oh, it did, didn't it? We were at a basketball tournament last weekend, and I'm sorry, some of our friends sat down to us with that pizza, and it just didn't even look good. And it's not good for a good game, is it? It doesn't give you the right fuel. So well said, Riley. And another great tip, whether you're packing food for a basketball tournament or an out-of-town soccer game, I always take wet wipes. And I don't know, maybe lots of moms do this for reasons other than food allergies, too. But I keep a, a pack of wet wipes in my purse. I keep a pack of wet wipes in our van. I keep one in the backpack that we always use for packing our food when we're at sporting events. And it comes in handy in so many ways. Uh, You know, just a couple scenarios. I think of the cafeterias that we've eaten at. 
during these tournaments, they're usually a mess. You know, the janitorial staff, I think, doesn't come in until the end of the day. So we'll find a table and it's full of crumbs and maybe has spilled pop. And I can remove the gluten crumbs and clean up the sticky pop so that we can safely eat there. Or if we have a friend that sits down next to us to eat and they're eating something gluten, like the pizza, it's okay if their hands get gluten all over them as long as they kind of keep everything in their own area. And then I just hand them a wet wipe when they're done eating instead of saying, could you go please find a bathroom somewhere to wash your hands? They can just wipe down their hands and then we all feel safe. So it's good all... All the way around. Oh, my goodness, you guys. I mean, the hours always go fast, but I don't know. This morning, it has seemed to go extra fast. This show is almost at its end. Before we're out of time, I think there's at least one more thing Riley was hoping to say, wasn't there? Yeah. I know millions of kids all across the world are living with food allergies. If you're one of them, you're not alone. And the truth is, with a little extra thought and planning, you can manage your food allergies and still do all of the sports and other activities you want, and you have tons of fun while you're at it. So true. And let's recap the main points of today's show, starting with school. To set your child up for success, meet with the food service personnel and educate them on your child's food allergies. You could also give your child's t-shirt teacher a list of safe birthday treat ideas to send home with every student. And don't forget to check in on the materials used in the science class to make sure those are free of allergens as well. And something I didn't get to mention, check with the art teacher too. Make sure the clay and the paints are gluten-free. And last but not least, supplement with vitamin D. And remember, there's so much life to explore and to experience out there. Don't let your food allergies hold you back. Riley certainly doesn't. Thank you so much for listening this morning. If you found this show helpful, please share it with a friend or a family member. Our message each week is simple but often life-changing for people. That message is how eating real food can support your best state of health. Yep, and tune in next week when the topic is cooking to save your life with Kirk Stiles, who is a chef who suffered a stroke. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.